1: Fastest growing TV brand. Now launching Mission Sequence Star. Mackie and Joe. we get things rolling with the opening bell. Wanna ring the bell? Go,
2: Pat, go! As many of you know, the California wildfires have devastated countless communities. In Northern California, where I was born and raised, the city of Paradise burned to the ground and many of the residents that got out are now displaced in my hometown of Chico and across the North State. I personally reached out to my friends and the mayor of Chico to find out how to be of the most help and raising money for both immediate needs and a long-term recovery is what's needed most right now. This is why I'm partnering with the North Valley Community Foundation and donating $1 million to help with the recovery and eventual rebuild of these communities. On top of what I'm contributing, my incredible longtime partner State Farm through its State Farm's Neighborhood of Good We'll donate $1 up to $1 million for every retweet of this post until Sunday, November 25th at midnight Eastern using the hashtag retweetforgood. To find out more information about the relief and recovery efforts in Northern California or to donate yourself, you can visit www.nvcf.org backslash Aaron Rodgers Fund. And let's help these people begin to heal and rebuild. Thank you. Chip Scoggins,
3: that is about as nice a move as a guy can make. And you And you ask yourself... In 2018, what could be controversial about a star quarterback for the Green Bay Packers who's from the California area donating to give back to his community, which has been devastated, but it's 2018 and there's Twitter and there's always... Manny Hill to read it in his deep dulcet tones. Tell us what could go wrong with that that incredible giving
0: move by Aaron Manny Hill. Dateline, twitter.com, 1156 a.m., November twenty first 2018. From at jrogers11 on Twitter, that being Jordan Rogers, brother of Aaron Rodgers. Quote tweeting that video we just played. Please donate, spread awareness, and send love. But when your own mom is home alone during the fires, car packed, ready to evacuate, and you miss the fundamental first step of compassion, calling your parents to make sure they are safe, everything else just feels like an act.
3: Well, that is one brother who's very upset, clearly. That's not nice. But I will say this. His other brother had to jump in in the act
0: and defend Aaron. Right, Manny Hill? Go, Pat, go! Dateline, twitter.com, 10.30 p.m. on November 11th, 2018, from at the Luke, Luke Rogers, on Twitter. Yeah. Love that. Can you imagine being such a giant coward that you don't even call to check in on your parents during this fire?
3: Okay then. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> Happy to the Rodgers family. I think this is going to be. I'm sure everyone's going to be. Pass call- the turkey
4: gravy, Dad. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. Hey Luke. <laughs> Luke, can I have an extra dollop of, of uh, pie? A little whipped cream there. Hey Jordan, what's going on? Great to see you after all this time. Get up
4: here and see you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my goodness, that is wow. that is so so. Read the read the Jordan tweet again. Manny Hill, just uh, just to sort of put into context a- after, because I saw retweets of the air and uh, of the statement that he put out there and mm-hmm. tweet all day long saying this is such a great thing. And on the surface, it's definitely a great thing. Yeah. But read the, read what then sort of uh, started the back and forth or the first tweet from the brother.
0: Yeah. So Jordan Rogers, he took that video that we played and he retweeted it and, you know, he quote tweeted it, which everybody's familiar with doing on Twitter. And he just says, please donate Spread awareness and send love. But when your own mom is home alone during the fires, car packed, ready to evacuate, and you miss the fundamental first step of compassion, calling your parents to make sure they are safe, everything else just feels like an act.
3: How much would you need to hate mm. your sibling? Yeah. How, much, how much pure hatred would you have to have for your sibling to, after something like this, get on Twitter and publicly do this
4: that you know to air your family dirty laundry like that for millions to see a how did it all start I can't even remember was it over a uh his girlfriend was it Olivia or I think a, it was to predate that no I think
0: it was with her I think was I think it really? I thought because because he's been estranged from Aaron's been estranged from his family for a while right but I thought the really bad I think stuff
2: it did start with Olivia mine I think did it, Jonathan's yeah. right
0: okay yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I think it started... They Now, now this doesn't mean that they were all on great terms before yeah. her, but I think it really got nasty when she entered the picture. But I I thought now it was sort of a truce territory. You don't bug me, I won't bug you. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, and it might have been until his mom was in the car with all the
4: stuff packed up and Aaron didn't call. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could understand because imagine what their family's going through and just the, the horror of losing her home or just the fear of everything that's going on. And then you see your son, brother donating all this money and showing, you know, real compassion, but not for the family. Yeah. Uh, so to speak and not calling them. I, it's it just, it, I cringe though. I gotta be honest with you. When I saw that tweet, I, it made me cringe. Cause it's just, you think about it, that's a private ordeal they should be going through yes. with the family. And now it's, and everybody knows that they've had this, but that, took it to a whole new level.
0: And let's, let's, play, the, let's play the Aaron Rodgers thing again, because it was something when I put it in the system, there was something that caught my ear.
2: As many of you know, the California wildfires have devastated countless communities. In Northern California, where I was born and raised, the city of Paradise burned to the ground, and many of the residents that got out are now displaced in my hometown of Chico and across the North state. I personally reached out to my friends and the mayor of Chico to find out how to be of the most help. I personally reached out to
0: my friends and the mayor of Chico. Mm.
2: Yeah. Didn't include hey, family friend. there. Yeah, they caught me too the
4: first time. Didn't like, include family Yeah, hey, you're right.
0: Okay, Twitter poll. <laughs>
3: how ma- how mad, how, how can, can we word this properly? How mad would you have to be at your siblings and or family to do what, what uh, Jordan Rogers did to Aaron today? How can we word that? Jonathan, thoughts? There's got to be a Twitter poll here that we can do. Of some sort that we can word this correctly. How mad would you have to be at your siblings and or or your family to lash back like this?
5: I think that works. Okay, let's put we'll that out. Let's figure out the answers yeah. and
3: then yeah. Let's put that out, out there because I would be curious. Yeah, I don't think there's any scenario under which I could actually go to this length no. to to strike back like Jordan
4: okay. did against Aaron today, especially with the gesture that he's making, put up a you know million dollars of his own money and distraction uh, I mean, or no uh for sunday distraction I, I, my my guess is he's dealt with this long enough mm-hmm. aaron Rodgers and he seems like he's able to uh, compartmentalize the family stuff with the football side this is so, pretty this is pretty bad though and he's gonna be asked about it now and he's gonna have to deflect it off yeah he, he'll be asked about it but i once the steps on the field I, I don't think it's gonna be you know i don't think it's gonna bother him
0: ding ding
4: our guy Patrick Roycey may not be doing a Turkey
0: of the Year award this year, but that doesn't mean we can't speculate on who it would be if he did. I think it's just a lot of gobble gobble turkey. Just gobble 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 turkey from Jive Turkey Gobblers.
3: All right. Now now there's some there's some news here. Pat declared, I believe, after last year when he awarded himself Turkey of the Year and told Sid, You won, I lost. Mm -hmm. Patrick Royce declared the turkey of the year was over. That was the last one. He was walking away. To which a lot of people are like, no, he's not. And I think in recent days, they've realized he was serious. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, he tweeted, to whom it may concern, due to complications involving the turkey committee, there will not be a turkey of the year presentation on Thanksgiving morning in the Star Tribune. And then there's a space. There will be something.
4: Yes. I have no clue. No, and You don't know, right? As, a, no as, a, as an employee uh, and a colleague of, of Patrick's, I've heard there's something, but I don't know what, and I don't know if it's turkey, if it's some alternative. Uh, I try to stay in the dark like most people, and my, my general tradition is wait till midnight and, or whenever they post it. and Then try and find and out. It, and Absolutely. It, I, I can't wait till... I know some people have to wait till Thanksgiving morning. I can't. I can. try. This suspense kills me. I can't. I've tried. Yeah, I've tried. I don't even try. I just At midnight, you get online? And <laughs> or whenever we post. I can't remember. I think it is midnight we post it, but I, I typically wait up because uh, I wouldn't be able to sleep if I didn't know. Twitter poll. 1500 ESPN for today.
3: Our, our guy Patrick Royce may not be doing Turkey of the Year this year, but that doesn't mean we can't pick one. Here are your choices. And we've coupled choices together. Tibbs and Butler, Mark Coyle and P.J. Fleck, Falvey and Levine, which I think if Patrick was still doing this would be an underrated sneaky yeah. one. Yeah. And then Spielman slash Cousins. Right now it's no surprise. Eighty four percent saying Tibbs and Butler. Seven percent saying Coyle and Fleck. Only six percent saying Falvey and Levine. And then three percent saying Spielman and Cousins. Here's here's my wow. is, Here's my issue though with um, with Tibbs and Butler. I don't think that Patrick would have gone near them. Because he 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 likes Tibbs and Tibbs and Butler are became became such an obvious choice. Yeah, Pat always stayed away from the completely obvious
4: choice. Well, there's a lot of obvious ones on that list. Yeah, Um, the Coil one I find a tricky. Yeah, I think I I think Tibbs and Butler would have been at the table, right? They always have the guest of honor. I mean, they have the table, and I think they would have been at the table. Yes. Uh, If I if he was doing it and and were to ask me, I would have said Fleck. Because that's kind of been... And maybe that's too obvious, too. Because Do you think he, Pat
3: would, would have given PJ the satisfaction of being Turkey
4: of the Year? Uh, following him on Twitter <laughs> feels like he would uh, relish the opportunity to give. But, but, See, I thought but I, the Falvey-Levine one's interesting, too, because he's like the needle-dim here of late. Well, what's his na- name for them uh, now? Aristotle and... <laughs> uh, Sir, <laughs> Is it who is it Socrates? Uh, yes, it that, that's in, yeah. what it
3: was. That's what Aristotle it was. and
0: Socrates. That's right.
3: And don't don't sell Pat short too on on when you insult Pat from a baseball standpoint, he gets very insulted. Yes, yeah. that's mm-hmm. the other thing about about Patrick. He takes baseball very personally. Yes, he does. So when you and and the uh, the other thing about the Twins is, I really don't think. If you were to ask Patrick and get a truthful answer about what maybe offended him the most sports-wise in all of 2018,
4: I think it's the opener. The opener. The opener in baseball. He
3: despises.
4: Yeah, and and he he didn't like the constant uh, roster shuffling and just having guys up here that have no business being up here just to fill a role for five days or whatever. That drove him crazy. But the opener, I think. Yeah, that was the one that got to him the most. He claims that that next year he will not go to any Twins home game in
3: which an opener is featured. He, well, that's his claim. He will go to Brio Starts because that won't be an opener, but he's claiming that that's it. They hired a guy Rocco, who came from that considering
1: yeah. where you came from, I suppose you're a fan of the opener that is ruining baseball as we know it?
3: <laughs> that's
4: uncomfortable Did out. you write a column on, on that? that? <laughs> Several. <laughs> well, I... I was there, and, and I do think Rocco had a, actually a pretty good comeback. He said something about, uh, you know, if, if you give something a chance or Yeah, whatever. be positive, yeah, be po- yeah. Nah, so, but that's not Royce. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's not going to work. No, I, I I think the opener is here to stay with uh, with this crew and the new manager. Okay, so once again, the 1500 ESP and Twitter poll for the day. Our guy Roycey may not be
3: doing Turkey of the Year this year, although he claims he's now doing something. But that doesn't mean you can't pick one. Your choice is if you go on our Twitter account right now, Tibbs and Butler, which have 84% of the vote of 515 votes so far. Uh, Mark Coyle, P.J. Fleck, Derek Valvey, Thad Levine, only 6%, and Spielman and Cousins. Let's take a break and come back from the TCL uh, Broadcast Studios. It's Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, and Manny Hill. Mackie will join, by the way, at 4.
1: Sit tight. The Mackey and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackey and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500
0: ESPN. All right, let's check traffic. It's brought to you by T-Mobile. 94 westbound, we've got a crash in St. Paul between 12th Street and 35E. Uh, prepare for an extra eight minutes there. And uh, also, 62 westbound near Richfield. Uh, we've got a seven-minute delay. That's because of a crash between uh, Minnesota 121 and Highway 100. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Now at Metro, buy a select Samsung Galaxy or LG phone and get a second one for free on a new line. Metro by T-Mobile, plus sales tax and activation fee, requires qualifying plan, phone free after all instant rebates, a free phone of lesser. or or equal value. See store for details and terms and conditions.
6: You know, you know what's kind of interesting is I've been taking 10-game stats from a year ago to 10-game stats this year. Actually, our run average a year ago at this this stage was 4.04 per carry. This year we're at 4.01 per carry. So it's really, at the end of the day, it's number of carries. You can look at our offense a year ago, and we were 380 yards per game. This year we're at 378. So, I mean, you know, there's so many statistics that are like, oh, my gosh, it's the same thing.
3: So, Chip Scoggins, yesterday, our 1,500 ESPN Twitter poll among them. Mm-hmm. Who's more to blame for how the 2018 season has gone for the Vikings? 1,585 votes. And, and by the way, there's still an hour left to vote. Four choices. Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, John D. Filippo. Mm. Right now it goes 43% of the blame goes to Spielman who who obviously didn't improve the offensive line. 19% goes to Zimmer, 11% goes to the quarterback, the second highest person on this, the offensive coordinator. And it is inter- and it is interesting that this week the tone from the head coach has not turned to one of angst or even much frustration with the quarterback. The tone has turned to one of, of losing patience with one guy, and that's John D. DeFilippo.
4: Yeah, I was there on Monday, and Zim, I, there was a couple things I just found fascinating in his answers. But the the one where uh, Andrew came from my paper asked him about, because he talked about miscommunications, and he said, you know, does it feel like guys are still kind of learning to play with each other this late in the season? He said, and you know, that's where he had to quote about volume. And too much volume. And, and Kramer said, Well, you know, what do you mean by that? And then he goes into basically We're trying to be too cute, essentially, what he said. You, you know, just. Yes, very much so. Um, so I found that interesting. And I don't know that just watching your offense, that doesn't struck me as like, oh my goodness, they're being way too creative here. I think their offensive line has just really let them down. I would I would put on that poll. I'd put Spillman one, Cousins too if it was me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the offensive line is just flat out not good, and that and they've been beat up and kind of had a revolving door there, and so they can't run the ball. So now they're having Cousins throw it too many times, which is raising his uh, chances and, and percentages of creating turnovers. And I think Judd, I think he's starting to see ghosts because Cousins, yeah. Oh, definitely times, yes. Sunny night, there are oh, right. maybe three, four throws where he wasn't under pressure, and he uncorked a wild throw that you're thinking, where is that one going? And it, I think he just, he's feeling pressure that's not there sometimes. And maybe it's just accumulation of all the hits and the pressure that he's felt. And so his turnovers have, have really just, I mean, just been alarming and the pick six on sunday was
3: absolutely awful and i don't I, and and i i've heard well treadwell ran the wrong route i don't care I don't,
0: that's a terrible throw well, and that's a terrible play there were three, three orange jerseys in the area yeah there three yeah and
4: kirk took. kirk even said i misread that one so he's he's taking the blame not not treadwell and so um the problem is you know they may they may get well against some of these bad defenses that they're going to face yep but when you face a really good defense like the Bears, you see their deficiencies in a big way. They can't run the ball. Cousins gets jittery because mm-hmm. of the pressure, and that's creating turnovers. And he's he's rightfully
3: so afraid to fumble, but that actually probably makes it worse. Yeah. Because, it, because you're right. He is... He does not look comfortable if they're playing
4: a team that can get pressure, and unfortunately for them, because of their offensive line, more and more teams get the pressure. And Zim has kind of hammered it. I think he did it again today, and he did it Monday. He's like, you got to run the ball more. you got to have more carries. That's but the problem him. is, it's, it's a limit. Yeah, that'd be great. Then you wouldn't have to throw it more. You'd have more balance. You can control the clock. It, it reduces uh, the chances of interceptions. But if you can't run the ball, do you want to keep just having third and nines all the time? I don't think that's the way you want to go, and so I, I don't know that they're going to be an effective running team with this offensive line. Now you may face like the Lions. Remember how they were poor uh, defensively. I don't think the Packers are really going to be great against the run, so you might be able to establish it more there. But when you're going up against elite top defenses that can stop the run, I think you're going to be one dimensional and just you're going to have to win that way. Because I don't, but I I don't think you can, Chip. I, well, no, I don't think I don't think teams. either. But but if you're going, if you're constantly having zero gain, one yards, minus two, and then it's third and eight, third and 12, second and 10 all the time, you're not going to win that way. Uh, Courtney Cronin of ESPN,
3: uh, who joined us on the show yesterday, covers the Vikings, does a very good job, had a great stat on yesterday's show, and she tweeted it out at some point, too. The Vikings, Chip Scoggins, have 15 yards on running back screens in 2018. 15 yards and this is zim on on the lack of a screen game which we all thought would be a main attribute of this team Mm -hmm. and instead is nearly um non-existent
2: what was it uh you'll love this question don't worry
0: that's
3: college i've
2: been waiting
0: for Just loves himself
2: Uh, last year the the screen game with jarek especially was extremely effective it it hasn't really been so far this year uh, what's the difference
6: yeah we haven't been very good at it um uh, I don't want to go into details why, But, yeah, it's been a concern. Yes, they're a great screen team, but we we have not been very good at screens, and that would help us so here's my point to you. I understand that the
3: offensive line is not good. I get that the run game is is not working as well as it should be, although they are really not giving it a big chance. It seems like it seems like if Flip sees something not work immediately, he abandons it. But don't you need to keep trying it? Because if you don't, and the Bears game, what I really, really confused me was, play action doesn't mean that you have to hand the ball off. It just means that you're presenting the threat to try and suck the Bears up to you. And they didn't even do that. So if I know that Kirk Cousins is going to throw to Diggs, Thielen, and maybe
4: Treadwell, I got you. Don't you need to keep at least trying those things? Well, especially because that's, wasn't that the... Kind of the resume of, of cousins coming in here, he's really good at play action. I mean, we talked about that early in the year, and that if they can establish that with Cook and Latavius, uh, Latavius, that boy, that's really going to make this offense dynamic and and uh, make him you know that much more uh, dynamic of a passer. the The screen game has really been surprising because we thought with Cook back in there that that would open up that part of the the passing game. I, I don't know why it's not working. I mean, that's. But don't you have to at least keep trying it at times? It just it feels like Flip Bails. is bailing on yeah.
3: everything, and so and and because of that, you keep coming back to Cousins is being treated like he is a top five QB, and he's not. Yeah, you can pay him all the money you want, but he's not. He is who he is. He has strengths and weaknesses. But it's almost as if what they're doing now, far too often, is exploiting the weaknesses as opposed
4: to trying to find the strength by being patient. Could be, but it also might be. It also might reflect Filippo's lack of confidence in his offensive line. If if he, uh, and that's on Rick. He, he may he may that look at this Rick. and said, you know what. I'm not going to say this privately, but there's no way in world we can run with this offense line. So I'm not going to keep beating right. my head against the wall. So, so follow up to that point. Then, if you're sitting at winter or at at Winter Park,
1: yeah. and go ahead and call Winter TCO, Park. Yeah. If yeah. you're
3: sitting at Winter Park for two weeks and mm-hmm. you're game planning for a team that's got um, um, Khalil Mack and Hicks, why would you not say to yourself, "All right, those guys are better than us. There's nothing that we can do about that." So in preparing for them, I'm going to, for instance, Chip Scoggins at times deploy six linemen. Mm-hmm. There was nothing creative, yeah. And to have Riley Reef, yeah. to have Riley Reef at any point in time trying to block Khalil Mack, it is not going to work. Yeah. So, so if if you're Filippo, why wouldn't you at least be thinking to yourself, okay? I haven't been given a great deck of cards here, so what I'm going to do is think outside the box. What would be the best way to possibly surprise the Bears and have a chance to block Khalil
4: Mack? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are parts of that where you saw Khalil Mack just shove Riley Reef back. You know, one arm. Like, NBC showed it once. It was and it, yeah, I felt bad one-armed. for Riley Reef. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's not going to work. I mean, it's just not going to work. And so that, yeah, you can you definitely. And I'm not saying uh, D'Filippo's blamelessness and all um but i do wonder if he has sort of thrown his hands up with the with the offensive line in terms of what he can do in in terms of what he can do in terms of establishing the run it's what you got but i would love to hear the inner tug of war inside there where zim saying we got to run it we run it and flip might be saying we can't we can't we can't because you know this offensive line is just not built that way right now i'm going to give you a prediction Uh, judging from the fact
3: that when Zim turns on his OCs, it ordinarily does not end up well, here's my prediction. Hugh Jackson's been retained by the Bengals as as sort of a jack-of-all-trades assistant after being fired in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. But Hugh Jackson is the guy that after Norv and Zim were together for one year, I think Zim went to Hugh and said, teach me more about offense. And and I think that started the snowball rolling to where Norv said, bleep this, I'm gone. I think... Hugh Jackson is going to be the Vikings OC in 2019.
4: Well, unless it, you know something doesn't remarkably dramatically change around here, but this week was not subtle. No. From Zim. It was not subtle in the least. I mean, we all the media walked out of that room Monday and were like, "Whoa, that was And was, Andrew was Kramer yeah. did not ask a leading question. No. He Mike volunteered
3: that up. Yeah. So that that wasn't like uh, I'm going to lead you down the path and hope that I trick you. Mm-hmm. That was a very succinct, fair, non-leading question. And Mike's the one who eventually who said brought it up, and he's the one who, in that answer, said, "How do I put this?" Yeah. And when you say that about a fellow or a, about
4: an assistant coach, something's really wrong. And he, he wasn't as frontal today, but he he reiterated with those numbers, "It's not the average. We're just not running the ball enough." And, you know, I think that's his message to to flip and saying, stop throwing the ball so much and run it. And so I don't know if there's just a... But if he's saying that now to the public, he's clearly been I, saying that for a while. I would think so, you know, but that's what I'm saying. It, it, there might just be a tug of war over how, how to best approach it with the personnel they have.
3: So your, your next three games now, Packers here at Patriots at Seattle. Is this a playoff team? Because I You'll find out. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not so I'm not sure now. When you when you haven't beat a team with a winning record and a Philadelphia win, which a few weeks ago you thought to yourself, in Philadelphia that's a really nice win
4: and now you think to yourself, they're a mess. I'm not positive. On yeah, I'm not either at yes. this point. Um for a couple reasons. The offensive line, I just think, is when you're facing good defense is, is going to be overmatched. And two, these turnovers, Judd. I mean, you just you're not going to be able to win close games against good teams, turn the ball over like that. It's just not going to work. A Matthew
3: Collard tweeted stat. Case Keenum and the Broncos offense have scored on a higher percentage of their drives in 2018 than the Vikings. Hmm. And <laughs> And Kirk Cousins, uh, I believe, is at seven picks, which is what Case threw in all of 2018. And Cousins is at eight fumbles, six lost. And if you look back, in 2017, Case Keenum lost one fumble. So you're right. And the problem is, I don't know how you solve this
4: a because because this is part of his DNA this is absolutely this, is, it, this is not this band. is not a yeah. one year thing this is this goes back multiple
3: years and and I don't know if you can get flip can can you convince him now 10 games in to change midstream and and well, and concentrate on the run But the, thing or the but, screen
4: game I don't know we'll have to go back and see when they played Detroit Detroit was terrible against the run and they ran the ball well remember that day mm-hmm so I look at the remaining opponents and where they are in rush defenses, and you may see an uptick there, and will, you know maybe the narrative will change. I, I don't know. I haven't looked examined where these final six teams are in terms of their rush defense, but if they're, you know, obviously the Bears are really good. You're not going to run on them, but there might be other teams where you can establish it and, you know, kind of reduce the number of throws you have to make. TCL Broadcast
3: Studios take a break. It's Zolgad, Scoggins, and Hill right now. Phil joins the show at 4 o'clock.
1: Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what, that, Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
3: TCL Broadcast Studios, Zolgad, Scoggins, and now Danny Cunningham, our buddy, joins us. Uh, Afternoon. He goes and covers the Wolves tonight. So I got a question for you, sir, coming from this ought to be good. Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Scoggins is going to go cover the game on Saturday. Oh, you poor man. I-
5: I don't really care about the Gophers. What happened to the Badgers? The Big oh, they Ten West—they were so overrated this year. I mean, the Big Ten West in itself is just garbage. As, well, I know the whole Big the whole Big Ten is really garbage. And don't get me started on that. We can talk about how there's only one quality team in that conference for the next half hour if we really want to. But yeah, the Badgers have been one of, if not the most disappointing teams in Division One this year. I think you can make the argument. They were supposed to have the best offensive line in football. They were supposed to have this explosive offense that just destroyed the Miami Hurricanes in the Orange Bowl, and Alex Hornbrook was supposed to take the next step. And now they're, like, fighting to go to a no-name bowl game, maybe?
3: It's just, it, it's bizarre because they've been good for so long and, mm-hmm. and th- the hype that surrounded them coming into this year. I thought, okay, that's going to be true. They'll be yeah. good. But you're right. The
5: Big Ten West is really well, not good. The Big good. Ten as a whole is not good. Like, I'm Penn State. And I we've know been saying Penn, that
3: for a few years.
5: I know Penn State's in the top 15, but you cannot convince me that there are not 15 teams in the country better well, than
4: that. Well, I'll say this. That is a very average, well, not even average, bad. Ohio State team. Yes,
5: Ohio that State's defense not, is good. not good. Yeah. No, it's, if you are a team that's in the top 10, I'm sorry, you should not need overtime against Maryland. Well, it's, ever. It's, you should not need 52 points to beat Maryland. Yeah,
4: ever. It's funny, you know, when, when I fell into the trap, and the Gophers play there and, and give them a, a good test. You know, it's a one-score game going into the fourth, and then they you know get a couple touchdowns, and mm-hmm. I was guilty yeah. of it. Hey, man, that was a big-time effort by the Gophers, and maybe it was. But then you saw that happen week after week and then after Nebraska week did after it. week, yeah. And it's like, eh, okay, this is. Is not, he gone? I I I, think I so. will not be surprised because we saw him double over. Uh, you know, he has the, the cyst is, uh, issue with his
6: the with brain his brain, or
4: yeah. And so it would not surprise me if you see a uh, retire or step away for uh, health reasons. You might just forget to show up one day. Yeah. yeah. And Danny,
3: your thoughts on on him? I mean, you're you're a big fan, being from oh, that he, part he of the country. Sworn I know that. one
5: enemy number two.
3: Why why do you hate him? So so much. I mean, he's a piece of trash. I get that, but I thought there might be something (laughs) personal (laughs) here. I thought there might be something. So you don't like him as as a person who you saw. And
5: I I dislike Ohio State a lot too. I mean, I didn't grow up. Are you from Cleveland? Yeah, but I grew up hating the Buckeyes. Like I own. Does that make any sense? I don't.
4: I don't think that's allowed. I
5: own a Michigan shirt that I wear once a year, and I put it in my suitcase to go home with because I wear it on Saturday. What happened? Oh, I, just, I hate that place so much. No, but why? The fans are so ignorant. Like, oh, the Ohio State, give me a break. Any school that with, that starts with a vowel could do that. You're not hey. special.
3: You grew, hold on a
5: second yeah, here. You grew up
3: in Cleveland and you, ter- but did your parents hate them first? Is, is there, um, like, there's got to be an
4: explanation. They here. don't have this. I think this, you need therapy on they this. They
5: don't have, oh, I need therapy on a lot of things. Okay, but I, I can think help you out. This is here. the top of the list. Um, it's <laughs> an important one to me. This would be like
4: me growing up saying, roll
6: tide! Yeah, exactly.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, I was, so, Ball here. I was right. so, I was so disappointed in that 2014 Sugar Bowl. I was pulled from the tide so hard. Um, my parents didn't grow up Ohio State. State fans, They didn't hate the Buckeyes necessarily to the degree that I do. Um, now they dislike them a little bit more. I think I've been a positive influence on them <laughs> over the years. <laughs> so do you you came to this conclusion by yourself that you hated the Ohio State University. I hated Ohio State. I hate the word the even more. All right. Like they say shirts. They They sell shirts. Well, there have been two shirts that have been sold that have been really, one was really funny and one just bothers me. The shirt that just says the word the. Like we get it, your school starts with a vowel. You're grammatically correct. Cool. How many schools could do that? How many? Michigan doesn't go the University of Michigan. Notre Dame doesn't do the University of Notre Dame like that. No one else is pompous enough to do that. You got the U.
4: Yeah. Miami but, but you got even the U. Is,
5: but they go. They go the U. It's my team. <laughs> they go. They it. they even go
0: the U. They don't say the U. They go the U. I remember when Thomas Depay. Former fellow Johnson Govey, by the way. Shout out to Thomas. Um, He, when he was, I think he was with the Eagles and NBC was doing the, um, you know, they do the player introductions and they do the starting lineups. And Bart Scott's got the best one. One year, I think Thomas said, Thomas to pay the University of Minnesota. (laughs) I thought that was cool.
5: I thought it was great. It's funny because he's making fun of Ohio State. Yes, he is. Cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's fine. what made it, that's what made but it. But I'm, I'm sick of all these guys that that like think it's the greatest place in the world. I'm sorry, Columbus is not that cool. I've been there. It's <laughs> not great. I like the Venom.
6: Yeah. I gotta very- admit, I'm a fan and, of the
5: Venom. And then the other shirt that I I think is really funny now. Is they were selling shirts that just said urban nose. And it was before the whole scandal that came out this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there oh, were like Nike gosh. Nike Ohio State shirts that just said urban nose. Let's take Ooh. those off <laughs> the shelves. <laughs>
6: and
3: those. I I bet I they hate, set fire to those shirts, real I quick. I hate
5: Ohio State, but I almost bought one after the scandal started.
2: Almost like, I almost yeah. bought should I, I almost
5: bought an urban nose shirt. why don't you buy one? Why don't you do because it? Because I don't want any of my any of my dollars to end up benefiting
4: Ohio State. Wow. I This is an well, I, I impressive uh, amount of hatred. Oh, it's bad. I, I think uh this is the year Harbaugh breaks through. It's now or never. If it doesn't, it's not going to happen because so th- 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 this Urban, is shot.
5: If Urban leaves, who who's in line to take that job? Uh, my guess would be Ryan Day, the guy yeah. that was in charge when okay. they were when Urban was suspended because Urban knew. Um,
3: <laughs> Urban, did <laughs> yeah,
5: know. Right, yeah. Urban did know. Yeah, that will definitely so, be a push for him, I would think. And, and they played really well under him. And you... At that point, now I realized that they played Oregon State, who's one of the five worst Power 5 teams. Rutgers, who might be the worst Power 5 team. And TCU, which is a below 500 Big 12 team. Yeah. But they looked like a playoff contender at that point. They passed the eye test in those games. Since Urban Liars come back... <laughs> they haven't passed the eye test they haven't looked good that's I very heard good. That was not professional you wonder <laughs> yeah, right. i mean i'm not <laughs> looking for yeah, professional
3: but that was not professional. Very what, what happened just there snuck that yeah. in. just what snuck happened that there in. wait 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 so if urban meyer is is public enemy number two you said to you mm-hmm. who's number one hugh jackson oh boy well that's interesting yeah because ge- guess who i speculated might be the vikings oc in 2019. We yep. might have
5: some issues. I don't know if these cities are big enough for the both of us. Judge. <laughs> you know who's good friends with Zim? Yes, that's it, that's it, that's it. Jonathan's got the shirt right there. Oh, this is good radio. Right there. Yeah, great radio. Urban Meyer knows. I, I can't believe you didn't buy one. I'm you looking at it right now. One, that's perfect. Me. You yeah. so should have bought one. He
3: knew.
0: Let me see
5: it. And he knew in Florida too. Well, hold on wow. a second. Why do you hate Hugh Jackson? Because uh, I do d- think because, there's a chance he's here. Because he, I mean, he just took the professional football franchise that I grew up loving to the absolute worst place oh, imaginable. They went Owen 16 oh, and he almost I don't think it started Mayfield.
4: with you. Though. No, they, but it, <laughs> it got to the worst
5: and yeah. he's so arrogant and thinks that nothing's his fault and
4: I will say this. I think I I love Hard Knocks because it sheds light on you get to see behind the scenes and, and mm-hmm. you can kind of see which coaches have it and which coaches don't. And when you watch that you're like you couldn't be any less impressed with him? No,
5: and the, he puts on he he puts on for cameras too. Like he's more of a reality star than a football coach.
4: Well, the, the, remember the one we talked about it when it happened, Judge. That when uh, <laughs> what was Wild. the one where where Todd Haley said was uh, going off about giving guys days off? Yes, and Hugh said, "Well, when you sit in my chair, you yep. know, it's like there's my decision. Yeah. This is
5: not going to work." I I I actually don't have as much of an issue with that as a lot of people. Think. But just, no, just to play
4: with his coach. Where, like, but, yeah,
5: I, I get that, but. I I played football in college, and coaches' arguments like that happen at every single level. It happens in high school, it happens in college, it happens in the pros. So for that, I think it was a bad decision to let that air, because the Browns do have final say over the final cut into what goes into the episode. So I thought that was a bad decision on their part, but that type of argument happens in every coach's meeting room across all levels. Like, there has been an argument, I promise you, in the Vikings meeting rooms between Zim oh, and sure. another
6: coach. Um, oh, yeah, without, without. But he so, just
5: didn't impress.
3: I No, do, no I, do agree I get that. that. But he but underwhelmed that, you. That, yeah. that specific it wasn't argument convincing, but, no, you brought but, up, I didn't have an issue but with. But that should be convincing. And it wasn't. But hold on a second here, Danny Cunningham. I'm totally confused by something. Oh, this should be good. Ohio State is, now I'm not saying that they've always been great, but it's a heritage football program. Sure,
5: it's one of the the Power 7 football programs.
3: You're 20 what? Five. Okay, you're 25. You grew up hating them Mm -hmm. because of their, because that they were so confident and cocky. Arrogant. Arrogant. But you grew up loving Browns 2.0 which is one of the most awful pieces of garbage collection of pro sports mm-hmm. not not 1.0 not not that team but yeah. 2.0 mm-hmm. who steered you this direction <laughs> yeah like you could How have national, this happen yeah you could have national championships you could have you could have this great college program and yet you're mad at Hugh Jackson and chips right it ain't like Hugh screwed him up alone No, I know
5: but like Tim Hughes hold demeanor in butch Davis <laughs> Kelly Holcomb If Butch Davis didn't have that panic attack, I think the Browns would be in a better spot today than they are. If <laughs> if Butch Davis did not have that panic attack on the sidelines against Cincinnati back in like 04 I probably would have
4: too. <laughs> I would have yeah I mean a panic I get attack to get yeah. out of that job
5: they weren't they weren't that bad then I mean he was a year removed from a playoff appearance at that point and like I've... they they had a decent team then and the, I, I want the Browns to be good the Browns have had three teams that have been above 500 my entire life one was in 94 when I don't remember it one was 03 when they went or 02 when they made the playoffs went nine and seven and then the season of dreams Joe Thomas's rookie year when they went 10 and six and missed the playoffs that's and Derek it. Anderson year. Yeah. yeah I made the pro Bowl that's all I have. And Hugh Jackson has just just made it worse. And now, to make it worse, after he gets fired, he's going on on Colin Cowherd's show and laughing about it. And now he's with the Bengals. And, like, I hate this man.
3: I think he might be here next year, and I'm not kidding you. Oh, I hope not. I think that they're, he and Zim are tight. It makes perfect sense. But honestly, Flip ain't working out. <laughs> if you've been reading the quotes this week or hearing the quotes, John Filippo not working out for Zim. I think Zim might want to bring his buddy here.
0: Danny, I feel like your hatred for Hugh Jackson and Urban Meyer is like my hatred for like Bruce Pearl and Tim Brewster. Maybe. Yeah. Like and it's just, it's it, just a yeah, real. Yeah, but Brewster
3: makes sense because he screwed Well, Brewster, Brewster's pro... got me blocked
0: yeah. on Twitter. so it's, and, he, I mean, but, and, and he screwed part... your
3: program up. Yeah. Urban Meyer didn't.
0: Bruce
4: Pearl did too.
3: Yeah. Urban it Meyer sort has of feels won like, uh... too much.
4: <laughs> Urban Meyer screwed my life up. <laughs> it sort of feels like the Rogers family here, doesn't it? Jordan and Aaron? You know, it does.
3: Put that on the poll. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. Now the one thing though is is if you're a sports fan in this town, Mm -hmm. Danny makes you feel good about yourself because you're far
5: more. We're screwed up. You're far more screwed up. If if we love the Browns and hate the (laughs) Buckeyes, if we want if we want to get to public enemy number three, I have all day to talk about Dan Gilbert.
1: Let's wrap (laughs) up
3: the hour by doing that. God help you.
1: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. 694
0: westbound. We've got a crash in Fridley uh, between University and East River Road. That's causing uh, a five-minute delay and also 62 westbound. We still have that crash in Richfield uh, between 121 and 100, causing a seven-minute delay. Gentlemen.
3: TCL Broadcast Studios. You know, Chip, at forty nine, I don't have the ability to hate like Danny hates. Like Danny's hate for Urban Meyer. Dude, do, do you hate no, at, at your liar. age? Do you hate anything? Dan Gilbert, Hugh Jackson. I don't have the ability no, now. I don't even. I'm too tired to hate like
4: that. Yeah, I'm, I'm too one to zero
3: against my enemies this year, though. Yeah, I'm too old. I might have at one time, but I don't think I do now. I don't.
4: Yeah. Now, mean, Dan
3: Gilbert does make sense, by the way. Yeah. God, that guy's a piece of trash, too. Well, that yeah, he is. He's not a good owner.
0: I get that one. Hugh Jackson. I like to blame Hugh Jackson for all the Browns' ills. Chip, when you were younger, growing up in Tennessee, didn't, like... When Florida would beat the Vols all the time, didn't he kind of... Yeah, Spurrier, get, Spurrier, you know, Spurrier had some you crazy. jabs
4: and, you know, when you I was a kid, like, you know, yeah. But when I
0: was a kid and that whole stretch when Peyton couldn't beat them, it just drove me crazy. Spurrier just drove me nuts. I Spurrier drove
4: me nuts because, he, you know, he can't play, spell citrus without UT, blah, 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 um, free, you know, <laughs> uh, all that. The, the j- that, the jabs he took at us, but I, I don't think, know, I, I think I'm kind of easygoing guy, I sort of just laugh it off. I, I am, too, except with Thurman Liar. <laughs> I hated—
3: Very easygoing. I think the last time I hated something that much was probably when the North Stars and Blackhawks were rivals in the 80s. And Al Secord and Savard yeah. and those teams, I hated them. I think that's the last time, though. I think since then—now, people have irked me and bugged me in covering mm. them, but that's not hatred. That's just, uh, oh, man, this Annoyance. guy's full of
0: crap. Yeah, I hated Favre growing up. But and, I was. And then he I came was, and played for the Vikings? Well, no. I mean, once, once I got to be like college age, when I turned like 18, I didn't really. You
5: had a huge revelation. Really, you became an adult?
0: Yeah, I kind of grew up a little bit. But when yeah. I was like 11, 12, 13, what are you and saying Favre here? was winning his MVPs, like it just drove me crazy. Although, was,
3: although the one thing was the Vikings did beat Favre in the Metrodome at that time all the time.
0: Yes. Yeah. Every so time. That, he that came was here, the one yeah.
3: good. Brett Favre in Domes. Which was which was so comical about 2009 because he because but by, by that point in his life he hated playing outside, and was fabulous in the dome. Brett Favre in the 90s would come in the Metrodome and self-destruct way more than have a positive result.
4: Still, probably that year probably was maybe the funnest I've had covering a team.
0: Oh, nine, and, and, yeah, and, oh, and covering right.
4: an athlete, probably the singular most interesting, fascinating character I've, I've covered. Every Wednesday, you would go to his press conference, and you
3: knew he would give you a story. Five stories. Yeah. the run And the on, injury report. Yeah. Well, and, and the my favorite part of that was when the Vikings started to send a member of their training staff to the Favre press conference <laughs> on Wednesdays to find out what he would tell us. Because basically, they, they, they could have they got in trouble for that.
5: That's
0: funny.
3: That was one of, yeah. the, that was one of the most interesting, yeah. fun
0: years. My favorite quote from Brad Childress talking about Brett Favre.
1: That's Brett, though. He talks all the way around the, the block on most subjects. <laughs> I've talked to him before about deer hunting, which I don't know anything about, and you know, hunting with a, a, a rifle, then a bow, and then before you know it, um, deer meat, and then by the end of the conversation, he's a vegan. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean that's great.
3: That was, that was vintage Brad. That, that was great Brad. And he was exactly right. He would tell you everything. He couldn't stop himself, too. That's awesome. In, in the course of a 20-minute press conference, I swear to God, he'd get about three questions to him, and he would just start talking.
4: Yeah, he would, you wouldn't even know John Sullivan's hurt. and he would, he would, you, know, you start off talking about maybe his career or something else, and then it would veer into the game plan, and then it's like, well, you know, we're nervous because Sully has that bad ankle, and we're not sure he's going to be able to hold up. you are like, what? Bad ankle? Load-hold shoulder.
3: Yeah. <laughs> One time, nobody knew. The right tackle had a bad... And, and it turned out, I, I think it was for weeks. Yeah. And he's like, Phil's shoulder? I'm not sure if that's good or not. And we're like, what? He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, shoulders hurt. And, of course, the training staff's going absolutely crazy because they're like, we, we haven't released that yet. We can get in big trouble. And he would go through the entire list. And they they would essentially come back and say... What did Brett say? <laughs> because then. That's awesome. No, because he, he was supposed to. They're, they're supposed to re- report all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And. It's got to be in your injury report. Every it's week. supposed to be. And they would try and hide some of it. And then Brett would come out and sell him out. And they'd be like, okay, I guess we got to put this guy on the report. What a teammate. Oh. Oh, guys loved him though. He was. Guys loved he, him. Yeah. Training staff didn't. Oh, no. No. I think internally, I think the executives and coaches. At that point, put up with Brett because he was so damn good in two thousand nine. I think he drove him crazy, but the team, his teammates yeah. loved him, and nobody loved to tell fart jokes like Favre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody. He was ten
4: years old. Yeah, it was great.
0: That's a Mississippi he, boy. He was year, he man. was
4: a guy meant for the locker room. I mean, know, Fridays, everybody's bailing out of there, and he would stay in there with Tom West and some of the PR guys and just tell stories for hours and towel snap. Yeah, forty year Wranglers.
3: Man. Oh, yeah, exactly. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Right, TCL boy, happy, Broadcast Studios' Mackey and Judd returns next with Phil Mackey.
1: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley-dokley. On 1500 ESPN.